Welcome on into the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam, that is Zach, coming off a beautiful win against Notre Dame. Zach, we were there in person. We saw it happen live in front of our eyes. It doesn't get much better than that. Rallying from down 12 to win by 5, it, it was beautiful. The dome was alive, it was loud. Largest crowd of the year, 20,000 plus at the dome. It was loud, it was proud, it was really great to be part of that crowd, and yeah, it was just beautiful. I think Jim summed it up best. It was an unbelievable effort to get back into the game because at one point, Notre Dame was hitting everything. They were shooting around 60% from three, which was, we knew it was going to be unsustainable, but it was like, when are they going to stop? And even in the second half, they were still good. Towards the end, they started to finally miss their shots. The zone started to work a little bit. It all started to kind of fall together. The pieces started to kind of fall into our lap, and uh, we were able to get the job done. They didn't miss. There was times we just looked at each other like, are you serious? Like It <laughs> felt like any time they shot the ball, it went in, and they were just shooting lights out. So I mean, they, they finished the game with 15 made threes, and we still managed to win that one, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it certainly is. But being at the Dome was, I mean, you said it, it was the largest crowd at the Dome, 20,000. It got loud. It's so cool, especially on break, to see the students still show out because normally when it's break time, the students are gone. So the student section is normally empty and it's a little bit more quiet, but it was filled. It wasn't filled as much as it usually is, but, you know, the locals showed up and uh, yeah, it was it was good to be there. Yeah, we had an older gentleman in our section just a few rows ahead of us. Who he was, he was hyping up our section. He was loud and proud, and, and getting getting our whole uh, section riled up. And I don't know, that was really cool to see as well. He was the MVP of that section, but the MVP of the game was Chris Bell. Seventeen points. He shot really well from three in thirty-four minutes of playtime. He had a couple of huge shots down the line, and it, it might have been the best game that I've ever seen from Chris. This is absolutely his best game. You know, logging, I think, is season high, 34 minutes, shooting it lights out from three. He made some absolutely huge, crucial shots that we needed. Otherwise, you know, this is going the other way. So hats off to Chris Bell. You know, he's been going through, like, quite the up-and-down season, and it feels really good that he's able to kind of push through that adversity and have a great game still. Now, the thing is, I think that he played a great game because he was playing his his own game. I mean, he, he didn't really necessarily rebound too well, but he was focusing on a shooting, and that's what the team needed at the time. And he was able to shoot really well from three. That's what we know he can do. That's what Jim knows what he can do. He even was saying that, you know, he's a great shooter. He just makes some defensive mistakes, which you saw that. You saw that a couple times, and that's the whole reason why he came out you had JT out there and Malik Brown out there at the same time, and that was because Chris was just making some dumb defensive mistakes. But he's such a great shooter, and when the team needs it, we had talked about it. Behind Joe, he is probably the most consistent three-point shooter that we have. Yeah, absolutely, and we need when we need help beyond JG3, and we've really been getting that. Between Chris Bell, this last stretch here, JT, we're, we're, we're proving to be a threat beyond JG3 at the three-point line, and it's starting to show some consistency as well, which is huge for this team moving forward. How good was Malik Brown, Zach? He had 15 points, six rebounds, two blocks in 29 minutes. He was he just continues to impress me the past like three games. He's just right where you want him, wherever you need him, 
Anytime we need to put back, he's there. Anytime we need a rebound, he's there. Anytime you just need him or you want him in a spot, he's just, he's just there. No matter what it seems like, Malik Brown is there to clean things up or be where you need to be. And he's just got a knack to, to be in the right spots at the right time. And he's uh, having a very good stretch here and putting together some really good games. You had pointed it out on the last recap that we did that him and Jesse work very well together. I think that you continue to see that too. Him and Jesse were able to make, you know, Malik was able to make the cuts. Jesse knew exactly where he would be. They seem to be a really good duo and kind of an unsuspecting duo. Yeah, this is something you talked about at the game that Malik isn't really being covered. They kind of forget about him. He's, uh, I don't know, for some reason, defenses are kind of just putting all their attention on Jesse and he's just able to kind of be open under the hoop and, People are able to dish it to him, and he's able to kind of get the the easy buckets. His dunks, they're something, man. They they electrified the team, especially when they needed it. The put-back dunks that he he does quite a bit. It's been off of, like, Jesse misses. He'll just go there and get the rebound and just put the put-back dunk. And like you said, they're not covering him. So why not? Why not keep doing that if it's working for him? And he's just having one of those years that you look back on, and you're like, man, this is... This is the kind of guy that we're going to get uh, next year. You know, he's going to be even better next year. We're seeing some incredible development right before our eyes. So Judah's biggest thing that we had talked about last episode was his assist total. We needed more assists from him. I think the last game he got three. We wanted more from him. Well, he just did that. He, he got 14 points, eight assists, and only one turnover. He has been so special this year. I don't know where we would be without him. He's doing a great job of controlling the offense. From the beginning of the year to now, Zach, how has his improvement been? Like, has it been more than you thought it would be? Or just, you know, he he's he's exceeding my expectations. I mean, he's been playing great all year. I just think he keeps proving that he's getting better every game. And throughout this year, he just keeps getting better and better. And I think he's just getting smarter and more comfortable. Jimmy even noted that as well, that he's just played a really, really smart game. You know, only having one turnover with eight assists, that's a fantastic stat line for a point guard, especially for one who usually struggles in the in that ratio. So eight to one is a beautiful ratio, and you'll take that all night, all day, every single day of the week. So yeah, Judah's uh, progressing really well, and his stock is only going up and up every game he plays. The fact that he's able to do what he does without having a great shooting night, because that is the one thing that you kind of expect from him is to have some good shots. He's able to shoot from three. He's got that range. He didn't even hit a three this game, but he still made a massive impact. He got it done when it counted the most on the uh, free throw line. He's got that clutch gene in him. And I think that that's probably one of the most important attributes for a point guard. Yeah, absolutely. Another guy that showed out and filled out the box score here was Jesse Edwards, 13 points, 15 boards, four blocks, and then Forrest, yes, he really filled it out. You know, maybe a low, low scoring still, but I feel like that's he's kind of that's kind of where he is at this moment. But a massive game from Jesse, and it seems like Notre Dame is is a good matchup for him. Hey, I mentioned this. If this is an off night for Jesse, I'll take it because he's been having a couple of off nights. But still, teams would kill to have their center have 15 boards in a game. So an off night for Jesse scoring wise. Eh, I think that we've got enough scores now. We've got enough certified scores that we'll take it. We can get it done. I mean, we got it done in this game, even when, you know, the going was getting rough. But the thing that really impressed me the most is 
And maybe it's because it was showing up when we were actually in person rather than on TV. But I noticed he was being really physical against Notre Dame and he his foul total was low for the majority of the game. And you want that from him because he's been struggling with the physicality all year. But this this game especially, it looked like he was really physical. He was getting his body in there. And he was he was making the other guy work for it again. Fifteen rebounds that that's perfect for the amount of physicality that they that he was bringing. One thing Jim mentioned is that he needs to finish a little bit better, and I kind of agree with that. There, there, he's I feel like he's getting the same looks that he has kind of all year under the rim there, going to his spots, and that seems to be pretty consistent. But these last few games, this last stretch, it just feels like he's he's not finishing it as well. I think honestly, part of that is luck. Some of it is, you know, just being a little out of flow, kind of being in a funk a few games ago. But it is a little odd that he is, I don't know, like it feels like the looks are there, but his finishing is not as high. I mean, he still is five for nine from the field, which is pretty good margin, but usually, you know, he misses one or two shots, if that. So hopefully he can get that cleaned up. But again, if this is a bad game or an okay game for Jesse, then you'll take that all day. I think that some of the shots too are, are fairly easy. I mean, they're just like layups and you just like keep smoking layups or he keeps smoking dunks and he's just, yeah, it's just not there. And I don't really know how you fix that. I guess just work on your layups, go back to the fundamentals, but he, yeah, it, it's kind of surprising too, because you know, this earlier in the year, he was, he was perfect from underneath the hoop. Yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but Notre Dame, this performance is going to help build his confidence leading into this you know brutal schedule we have coming up. If there's one guy to worry on the team, it's definitely not Jesse Edwards. We're happy with him, happy with his production, and you know Moose comes in and plays a great four minutes as well. So uh, center position is not a position I'm worried about right now at all. Yeah, the one last thing that we need to touch on in the good was the press. The press was the absolute game changer. It frazzled Notre Dame. As soon as we en- enabled the press, we got it right back into it. Notre Dame was not, they were they were not really forcing shots, but they were taking shots that probably weren't the smartest thing in the world. They, they kept trying to make threes when they were up by like eight, which you really don't need to do. So they, it, it frazzles teams. If it's done correctly, they were, it, the, the interesting thing is, is that they were able to figure out the press, but even then they still didn't really take advantage of, of what they had. They were still taking some kind of goofy shots and it, it did wonders. Yeah, I mean, the press is just works so perfectly with, with the zone. You play the whole game playing against the zone, and your offense is able to set up. You're able to bring it up to half court. You're able to do whatever you want to do, essentially. And then the press flips the script on you. You have to inbound the ball first off, which the guys are doing a great job of really pressuring the inbound. And obviously, we didn't get any calls or any turnovers there, but it's still, you know, you have to deal with that pressure. It's a great combo with the zone, and it's, been super effective obviously like this didn't force any direct turnovers but like cam was saying they're rushing their shots it speeds up the game and it just changes the flow and it worked in our advantage also huge shout out to orange nation who really fueled that because imagine trying to be notre dame trying to play through that oh my god i would not want to they just seem so frazzled and you don't get that in any other arena the the factor of the crowd being a legitimate concern for an away team Orange Nation really showed out in this one. Yeah, I remember just looking at the, the Notre Dame players when the, the dome was rocking, and I was like, I can't imagine being that player right now. Like, you're on you're on the midst of getting you know, losing this game, super close. You can't hear yourself think, 
and I don't know it's 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 insane. It's uh it's it was really again not to harp on this too much, but it was just really cool to be there. I want to touch on something that you and I had talked about on our walk back to the car in the freezing cold weather when the teams were in the huddle for I think it was like the I think there was about two minutes left in the game. You looked at the huddle and I noticed that there was a player kind of standing away from the team and that was Benny. It seems like he is really disconnected right now. Again, we we always say this, but we're not in his head. So he could be in a good mental state. We don't know. But just from a, a third person's perspective, it doesn't seem like he's in a very good mental state. And we both worry about him because he is a special player. He had virtually no contribution in this game. And you worry about him because you worry if he's going to be disconnected from the team, if he's, you know, he, he wasn't clapping for the teammates down the stretch. You just worry about him. And I hope that he is, he's doing okay. Yeah. And I think it's just our job as fans and people who talk about basketball and care about this team to just show support for him in, in these times. Like, obviously, it's very easy to be like, yes, bench Benny Malik is playing fantastic or whatever. But I just think we need to show him support, not talk trash and just talk down on him. I think that's not what he needs in this time. And it's just tough to see him like that. Like, obviously, you know, he's frustrated, you know, only 11 minutes and, you know, kind of like running with a really, really short leash. And, it, you know, Malik's playing great. So I'm sure it's kind of tough to earn your minutes back. And I don't know, it, he's going through quite a tough time, it seems like. And I just think at the end of the day, he, he just needs their support. And, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's just tough to see him go through this. If anybody needs a big game right now, it's got to be Benny. Benny needs something for his confidence, needs something to get his teammates on his back. It seemed like, uh, again, this is from several rows up. We have no idea what they're saying to each other. It seemed like guys like Quadir were still talking to him and trying to help him out and everything because it really looked like he was just not in a good space uh, during the game. And, and you just worry about him. I hope that the guys are reaching out to him, and I hope that as fans, like Zach said, we, we do the right thing and support him during this time because he is a very, very special player. We have seen him several times be the guy that we, we think he can be. And like Jim said, this year is basically his freshman year to us because last year was virtually a, a nothing year. He didn't really do much. He's still developing, but you hope that he's able to develop soon so that way he can at least get his confidence back. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately he just needs to get his mind right, you know, get focused and having outside noise of people being like, oh, yeah, Bench Bunny or what's going on with Benny or like blah, 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 blah. It doesn't help that. So we don't need any of that noise. He doesn't need to hear any of that. He just needs to get his mind right. And luckily, we do have a quick turnaround here. So he, he's able to kind of hopefully hit a reset here. You know, he is get definitely can get the start here. You know, Jim doesn't start or doesn't change the starters, obviously. So he'll still have the, every game. Unless something crazy happens, he'll have the opportunity to go out there and play. Last two guys that we need to touch on are uh, Justin Taylor had some pretty big shots late game, late in the game as well. Also, Zach, he was running at the two position, which was like Jim had said he was going to get some reps at it. But at one point, I believe it was Judah, Justin, Malik, and Chris were out there, which is an interesting lineup. And to see Justin out there at the two, he seemed like he was pretty confident, pretty relaxed. So... I think that we'll probably see a little bit more of that down the stretch. Yeah, again, another 
pre- pretty good performance from from JT, and we just keep seeing some good contributions. You know, nothing huge, nothing massive. I mean, his one three point shot was massive, but beyond that, you know, just a solid game, and it's just really good to see little contributions like this that are ultimately like big contributions in this game situation. But just these performances he's putting together is really good, and it's good to see it from him. Now, if you're wondering why he got reps at the two if you didn't watch the game, it was because Joe did not have the best game in the world. He was a little bit off. He wasn't really making his shots too much. He was benched for a little while, and I think it was probably the the best move. But kind of interesting to see Joe have a little bit of an off night. Obviously, he had that really big cold stretch, but uh, yeah, just not really able to get it done. Yeah, Jim mentioned that he was he's trying to rush things. He was just trying to do too much. I'm not really sure what was changing in his game plan, but it, it kind of felt like that. There was a few times he had like back-to-back turnovers, just trying to dribble too much. A little bit of a quiet game for Joe, but luckily our, our freshmen ultimately were the guys to step up and lead us to victory. So the next game is tomorrow against Miami. It is going to be at Miami. Miami's ranked. That's pretty much all you need to know. It's going to be a really, really good game, but make sure you catch the preview tomorrow morning during game day. You will hear from us then, and I guess until you hear from us then, we will talk to you soon. Let's go, Cuse.